Hi, everyone. It's good to have you join me on another Press On podcast. We want today to uh, come to conclusion of the rise or demise of a nation following our second uh, broadcast uh, with the subtitle of Wearing Down the Saints. And today we want to conclude on a high note, uh, and that is going to be the believer's victory. Uh, Now, just briefly, we began talking about the rise or demise of a nation, uh, the three elements that you find uh, from the book of Judges. I encourage you to go back to the first uh, podcast and hear uh, those three points. Uh, they'll, they'll be a blessing to you, but I, I admit that it's a little tough medicine. And, and in the course of uh, our uh, times now in the U.S., people say, oh, I don't want any more hard talk or uh, things like this, but it really is uh, necessary. And I think it'll be a blessing to you. And then we spoke of the wearing down of the saints. Uh, That, I think, is a very timely message for each one of us. None of us are excluded from uh, spiritual exhaustion, spiritual attack, uh, a a holistic uh, approach to our lives that's causing many of us to feel exhausted. I I encourage you to go back and and to listen. I, I believe there's some good things there that the Lord will speak to you on. But this one is going to be the uh, the happy podcast. <laughs> uh, you know the the uh, I you know the, I've said before. People say we we want peace. I just want peace, my friends. Sometimes you only get peace on the other side of war. Uh, we cannot be fearful of conflict. Uh, we are in a spiritual battle. There are uh, lawlessness and ungodliness that are about us. But we have to really keep our bearings. And today, uh, I'd like to just begin by bringing your attention to Acts chapter 17. Now, in this podcast, as you know, if you watched any, maybe any podcast uh, but mine, we don't have time for me to go and read every scripture and uh, belabor every point. So I'm really encouraging you, make sure you have your Bible and a notepad, or if you're traveling in the car or somewhere and you're listening to this, Make sure you have a pencil or something you can make some notes, because it's your efforts of study and to hold me accountable, as the Bereans did in the book of Acts, to make sure that what I'm teaching you and what I'm sharing with you really is the Word of God. You need to go yourself to look at these verses. But today we're talking about the believer's victory. Can you say amen to that? The believer's victory, because we need to always know that every conflict has someone who's a victor and someone who's been defeated. And it is not our plan. It is not the purposes of God for us to be defeated. And in Acts chapter 17, Paul is preaching in Thessalonica in the country of Greece, and it's after he's been jailed in Philippi. Um, And so you see Paul himself had some troubles. But uh, I just want to share with you this phrase where those that Uh, caused a mob and an uproar and rioting in the city because of the Christians, said that these Christians are those who have turned the world upside down. Amen. I I like that. Christians who turn the world upside down. In fact, I kind of wish it said those who have turned the world right side up, uh, because we do live in an upside-down world, uh, we've talked about that, where religious uh, apostasy and moral depravity 
and uh, anarchy and tyranny are among us. But, uh, my friends, our impact in culture has to be something of turning the world upside down. Our victory has to be not just for ourselves, but for others that we encounter. We, we as the people of God, we as the children of the Lord, you know, we're to preach, but also practice the whole counsel of God in, in order to impact the whole condition of man. If we compromise, if we fall back, if we ourselves, after preaching to others, we become a castaway, become undone, then what is our influence and impact upon culture? No, we, we have to preach, but also practice. We have, to, we have to tell, but we have to obey ourselves, the whole counsel of God to impact the whole condition of men. And the church must correctly and courageously represent Christ, or you know what? We become irrelevant to culture. And yet we find in Acts, Paul and the other believers who were there bearing witness to Christ, preaching and practicing, uh, speaking and, and living out the gospel in real time, turn the world upside down for Jesus. And that's our call today as well. So if we're looking at the believer's victory, I want to give you seven ways uh, that we can have victory, we have victory, and can maintain victory. And as you as you hear these, uh, you're going to say, well, yeah, I know that. But, you know, that's the problem we have with much of the church. We're looking for new things. We're trying to find new ways. Let's shortcut the gospel in order to do it in a faster way, a better way, uh, especially uh, some demographics of our uh, American culture. They lean toward taking the ways of the past and trying to find a better, shorter, faster way to do it. And in doing so, some have become shipwrecked in their faith. So I want us first to start off with the obvious, and that is prayer. Prayer is not telling God what to do. Prayer is not always just asking God to do something. Prayer is communication. Prayer is both speaking and listening. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You realize that we, uh, our victory comes from the victory of Christ, and we are to pray. The Bible says to let men uh, always to pray, and we're to pray. We're to be in communication with God. We're to be hearing what the Spirit is saying to the church today. The Bible tells us that there's one Lord, one faith, one gospel, one baptism, and one Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit, I have the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. He quickens our mortal body. He gives us ears to hear, uh, not just physical ears, of course, spiritual ears to hear what God is saying. Many of you are running about to and fro, trying to find something somehow, some way you can hear from God. One is His Word is His Word to you. This Bible is God speaking to you. The second, the Holy Spirit will speak. He will, he will give an impression to us. He will prompt us in a way. He'll lead us in paths of righteousness to where we, we can know the ways and the purposes of God. And He will never uh, contradict this, this Bible. So prayer is vital for us to be linked in with God. How, how is your prayer life? 
I don't, I don't mean do you ever say a prayer. Even unbelievers say a prayer. They pray. You watch some shows, you'll hear everybody say, well, let's pray. Uh, somebody prayed. Somebody called to a higher power. No, listen, we need less like prayer meetings. We need less prayer meetings, and we just simply need more believers to have a strong prayer life. Uh, that's why it's a discipline of life, and it's one to keep you vibrant, ready, active, uh, alive, and well. Uh, make prayer a part uh, of your daily activity, and, and let it be one of those primaries in your life. The next is to be alert to weaknesses. Ephesians 4, verse 27 says to us that we're to neither give place nor opportunity to the devil. Be alert to your weaknesses. Some are strong in the Lord in one area and weaker in another area. Our weaknesses don't have to be our deficits. They can be something we're attuned to, and like any part of our physical body that is weaker, we compensate on the other side until that weak area is made strong. Be alert to your weaknesses. Know that if you're uh, more inclined to a certain temptation, stay away. You know, uh, you we would say to a drunkard, stay away from the tavern. We would stay. We'd say to somebody who's bound to pornography, uh, stay off the computer. Uh, be aware of your weaknesses. And uh, Romans, Paul says, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of our flesh. And he says that we, our, our, our physical body, we have members, hands, fingers, arms, legs, uh, and we give those things to ungodliness. But he says, why not present your members as slaves of righteousness? So if we're alert to our weaknesses, we'll not be taken captive in those weak spots, but rather will grow in grace, grow in righteousness, and be able to cause those weak spots to become actually uh, strong and maybe even our primary strengths. Thirdly, how do we have and maintain victory is through perseverance. Uh, last podcast, we spoke about the wearing down of the saints. But here, Peter writes in chapter 5, 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. How do we overcome the enemy? Do we have to engage him on his ground? Do we have to talk his lingo? Do we need to, to research our adversary, the enemy of our souls, and get to know him? No. Just be sober and vigilant in the things of God that you know you're to do. Continue to do what is right in the sight of the Lord, and you'll not be led astray uh, to do the things that are, are wrong. Persevere. The word persevere is really the same word as endurance. And uh, we're, we're called in the New Testament to have an endurance in us like a soldier would who's under the command of a, of a general, let's say, and he has no will of his own, and he's, he's told what to do, and he does it with all of his heart, with all of his might. And when he gets tired, he keeps going. And when he feels like quitting, he keeps going. The goal is set before him. Let us persevere. Let us endure. And let's uh, uh, let this endurance have its perfect work in us, that we may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing, James says. Also in 2 Timothy chapter 2, therefore endure hardships. There are hardships in life. You know this, and I know this. 
and yet when hardships happen one after the other, it's like a fighter in the ring who just gets hit blow after blow after blow, and all he can think about is, man, blow the whistle and get in between the rounds so I can take a breather. Uh, we're looking for those times of uh, relief, uh, but until that time comes, my brothers, my sisters, let's persevere. Let's press on in the Lord. Press on to know Him. You say, I've been doing everything that's right. My spiritual disciplines are there, my brother. They're there. I'm doing them. And yet everything is against me. Everyone is against me. That may be true. And you know, that's unfair. That's unjust. And yet we live in a fallen world among fallen people, and we have to keep on keeping on with the Lord. And the Bible says that the uh, the uh, believer has multiple multiple afflictions and adversities, and yet the Lord delivers us from them all. Can you say Amen to that? Persevere because the the relief is coming, deliverance is coming very soon to you. Next is to put on the whole armor of God. You say, well, what is that? Well, my friends, go to Ephesians chapter six. I encourage you, if you haven't read that in a while, the way the world is going and the way our society is going and even the attacks uh, outside upon the church and the breakdown of the church internally, we need to be in the into the Word of God. Ephesians 6 speaks about the whole armor of God, and he simply says, put on the full armor of God. My friends, you have to put on that armor, and you, you read through there, and it lays it out, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, and so forth and so on. These things are applicable to you, but you must yourself put them on. You must decide, I'm going to fight. If I'm going to, if if there's any chance of me going down, I'm going down fighting. And the whole armor of God is necessary for you and for me that we can walk in victory. Why? Because it says only with this armor will you be able to stand firm against the schemes of uh, and the wiles of the devil. All of the things happening, many people run to a book. They want to run to a conference. They want to run to the latest greatest. They want to run to entertainment to escape even for a couple of hours, try to free their mind. And yet when they come out of this entertainment phase, you know what? The problems and the hassles and the uh, afflictions are still there. So how are we going to walk in victory? We do it by putting on the whole armor of God. Oh, how I encourage you. Ephesians 6 is for some of you today exactly what Dr. Jesus is ordering for your ailments. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can stand against and be victorious against the schemes of the devil. There's another way, and that is to be proactive to know God's ways. Pro Proactive even to know the ways of the enemy. Proactive is you taking action before something has happened. So when you look at your life today, we talked about the weaknesses. Where are your vulnerabilities? Where are those places in your life that you know, even if no one around you knows? My friends, you know deep in your heart those areas that it doesn't take much to bring you into a defeat. But if you will recognize those, as we've said, now be proactive Move toward God. You never find somebody purposing and moving and seeking God uh, easily overcome by the enemy. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon the, the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Be proactive. 
pray, pursue Him, be in the Word, uh, live outside of yourself, be proactive in the works of righteousness for His namesake, but also be proactive to know the way that the enemy sneaks up on you. And Second uh, Corinthians chapter two verse eleven says, "Lest Satan should take advantage of us, because we are not ignorant of his devices." Yeah, I don't mean you've got to go out and read books on Satan, and you certainly don't have to go to some extreme point to go to some Satanist church or Satanist websites to get to know him and his ways. Listen, he's not that good at hiding. To be honest with you. If you have a heart for God, if you're knowledgeable in the Word of God, the Lord has opened your eyes. He's shining light. As believers, we're the light of the world. His law is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We can be proactive to say, this is of the devil. That's not what the Word of God says. Be proactive. Be on that uh, uh, aggressive sort of forward march, if you will. Don't be caught uh, standing still. Don't be caught unawares because he's seeking to take advantage of us, but not if we are aware of who he is and how he operates, not at all. And the next way I'd like to encourage you to have victory is to resist the enemy. Oh my goodness, this one we could go on for a while <laughs> because how easy it is when we we get so, uh, I don't know, deceived or we just, we, we, we lose our focus and before long, we find ourselves in agreement with our adversaries. How? By following the ways of the world, by letting down our guards, by thinking that prayer just isn't working right now, that the uh, trying to read the Bible is like trying to read a foreign language. It's just not working for me right now. So we stop prayer, and we cut back on the Bible, and we some Christian has said something or done something bad to us, so we don't want any fellowship with any Christians. And it just makes a lot more sense to relax and go down to the sports bar and watch a football game and, and have a few beers or something. I mean, how easy it is for us not to resist him. But James instructs us that, one, if we walk submissive to God, where we submit ourselves to God, where we humble ourselves to God, where we yield to him and say, not my ways, but your ways. Lord, I want you above all things. I know I'm frail. I know I, I, I fail, but a righteous man may fall seven times, but he stands again and he goes on after the Lord. Acknowledge your fa failures. Repent of sin. Now get up and keep going. Submit to God. Resist the devil. You hear me? The Bible says just simply resist him. It doesn't say you have to fight him and in your own strength and ways and maneuvers and endeavors and overcoming somehow. You resist him, and he will flee from you. That's threefold ways for victory. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he's guaranteed to flee. The devil does not want to tangle with any on-fire believer, any believer that is persevering, enduring, pressing on, because he knows that that believer is being filled with the Spirit and the power of God. He's looking for the weak. You know how a lion in real life seeks to, to snatch uh, an animal that is lame or has been weakened and uh, not much of a fight left in him. My friend, if you've been feeling like you don't have much of a fight and you say to me today, Keith, I couldn't fight my way out of a wet paper bag. But today, the Lord is saying, you can submit to me, yield to me, and you'll be strong in me and I in you then you resisting. But my friend, you have to resist. 
You have to say no to the devil, and you have to say no sometimes to your own ways. Your own self can want to do something. You can have a strong feeling, and you're going to do it. No, faith overcomes that. Resist the devil, and he'll flee. And lastly, really firstly, but lastly, I want to say this. Remember Christ's victory. Now, most of us, without even thinking about it, as believers, in our struggles, in our afflictions, in our days of ungodliness, you know what? We find ourselves trying to serve God from a, from a position of failure, a position of defeat. Woe is me, a man undone, Isaiah said. We get there and we seem to stay there. Woe is me, because we know our flesh is frail. We know that we're but dust. We know we have inclinations towards sin. We know that the natural man is fighting against the spiritual man. But what we fail to remember is Christ's victory. You cannot have victory except in Christ's victory. You're never made to go fight the enemy by yourself. You're, obviously, you can't go in and fight the world by yourself. The, our victory is only in Christ. So we remember Christ's victory. Psalms chapter 98, verse 1 says, He has done marvelous things. His right hand and His holy arm have gained Him the victory. My friends, do you know that Jesus has the victory? Do you know that He's victorious today? Do you know that the devil is a defeated foe? Did you know that the world has lost its grip upon every believer who stands in Christ's victory? Yeah, we are victorious because He's victorious. Remember that today. John 16, the things I've spoken to you, I've spoken that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've already overcome the world. God, through Christ, has secured a victory. And when we identify in Christ, we are partakers of His victory. That's why the Bible says that right now you, me, in Christ, that we are conquerors, really even more than conquerors. In this life, we have to remember that. We have to know that as we go out and face the challenges of our day, as we face all the atrocities of our time, as we face a world that is headed toward Armageddon, as we face all of these things, we remember in Christ, we are more than conquerors. In Christ, we have a victory that sustains through every, every problem and challenge. So your, your victory today, can you say that today? I am victorious. I might not feel it. I might not see it, but it's coming because I'm persevering, and I'm persevering in Christ, and Christ has secured the victory already. We move and operate in Christ from a position of victory, not from a position of defeat, trying to get victory. That's not ours to do. We walk in the victory that Christ has secured, and that's why every challenge and affliction you have today God is ultimately going to bring you through. And that's my prayer, that the Lord bless you and keep you, and that He makes you strong in the Lord, reminds you of these things, and that as you go, you go in victory, you go with the name of Jesus, and that you go and represent Him to a lost and fallen world. And I pray that you and me together, we turn the world upside down for Christ. May God bless you. 